0: At Alina Health, it's our mission to provide exceptional care, prevent illness, restore health, and provide comfort to all people in our community. Here's your host, Melanie Cole, with the WellCast.
1: Inflammation is your body's way of fighting infections and coping with injuries. But there's a growing evidence that another kind of inflammation, low-level chronic inflammation, can contribute to many diseases and chronic health conditions from arthritis and Alzheimer's to heart disease and cancer. My guest today is Dr. Nancy Van Sloan. She's an integrative medicine doctor at Penny George Institute for Health and Healing, West Health. Welcome to the show, Dr. Van Sloan. Tell us a little bit about inflammation. People hear about inflammation in their hands or in their knees and they think arthritis, but we're talking about all kinds of inflammation here, aren't we?
0: Yes, we are, and I like to distinguish between what we call acute inflammation, which is something that is short-lived. It occurs in response to injury or infection. And when that occurs, say you sprain your ankle, there are different mediators that are released into the bloodstream that create this inflammatory response. And in this setting where inflammation is occurring in response to an injury, It actually is part of how the body responds to the injury and how the body heals. So with acute inflammation, it is a good thing. It's part of how the body heals and gets better. That is contrasted with chronic low-grade inflammation. And the difference with that is that it's not really occurring in response to any event. It is something that can be related more to different lifestyle factors, And in contrast with acute inflammation that is healing and helpful, this chronic low-grade inflammation actually can cause tissue destruction, and we've finally begun to realize how much it plays a role in many of our chronic diseases and conditions.
1: That was an excellent explanation of that because people really do hear this term and now we're hearing it more in line with heart disease and cholesterol levels and all of these things. How do we know if we have arthritis in our knuckles, we can see it's inflamed, that's chronic, but you know, and that's, that's the acute inflammation. But how do we know if we have this low level chronic inflammation? Is there a test?
0: There are blood tests that doctors can do that measure inflammation, and we call them inflammatory markers. One that's commonly used is called CRP, and that stands for C-reactive protein. There's another test we sometimes do when we're looking at joint inflammation and trying to decide how much of that is truly an inflammatory response. That test is called a sedimentation rate. So those are some tests that are done at the doctor's office. And the CRP is probably the one that people hear about most commonly in terms of testing that can be done. When research is done and they're trying to assess inflammation, they sometimes use other tests that are different mediators involved in inflammatory pathways. But that is probably more uh, research tools than opposed to something that somebody would get at the doctor's office.
1: Are there some causes that we can, you know, look to? Is there anything we can do to prevent or reduce this type of inflammation?
0: Absolutely. The interesting thing is that many of the contributing factors to inflammation are related to lifestyle. And so I'll give you a list of them. And diet is one of the most important. I'll leave that for last. But physical activity is one. Studies have looked at how active people are and if people are more physically active they have lower markers of inflammation whereas if they're sedentary they have higher markers of inflammation in the blood. So simply getting moving and being active can reduce inflammation. Another factor is stress and I think of stress as not necessarily the events in our lives but how we're reacting to them and handling them. So if people feel like they can just tell from their body that they are feeling stressed much of the time, that chronic stress response can be a factor that increases inflammation. So chronic stress is another thing that plays a role in low-grade inflammation. There can be environmental factors such as cigarette smoke, whether a person individually is smoking or is exposed to cigarette smoke. Another factor is being overweight or obese. We know that Being obese, particularly if people are carrying weight around their abdomen, that that creates a chronic low-grade state of inflammation. So paying attention to weight, uh, trying to keep weight within a healthy zone is important. And then lastly, diet is a big factor in terms of this chronic low-grade inflammation. We know that over the past 50-plus years, the diet in the United States has really changed a lot. And it's changed in a way that has made our diet more pro-inflammatory in terms of the foods we're eating. So
1: what are some of those foods that we're eating that could be contributing to this?
0: The foods we know that are associated with increased inflammation, uh, one category is trans fats, and that's the type of fat that was manufactured and created because it extends the shelf life of foods. So that is still in fast food preparation oftentimes. It can be in bakery goods that are at the grocery stores. It can be in some snack foods. It's in refrigerated doughs. You can check the ingredient label on foods to look for trans fats. If you want to look in ingredient lists, you look for partially hydrogenated oils. We know the trans fats really are a big contributor to inflammation, so that's a key one to watch for. Another category is saturated fats, and those are fats that are found in dairy products or meats, and they are associated with increased inflammatory markers. Lastly, we think about foods that create higher increases in blood sugar and subsequently higher increases in insulin levels. And that is going to be is going to include foods that we know have added sugar. There's a lot more sugar in our diet, so sugar soda, or candies or other foods where you can see that there's a lot of sugar added. In addition, it includes more processed carbohydrates because carbohydrates are all broken down into blood sugar eventually or sugar in your bloodstream. And if those foods are more processed, meaning they're made with white flour, they can be turned into sugar and digested into sugar much more quickly which creates a higher blood sugar level and an increased insulin response. And those things, increased blood sugar, increased insulin response, contribute to inflammation.
1: I know there are certain foods that have an anti-inflammatory effect on us, pineapple being one of them. Tell us some foods that can reduce inflammation and what that diet would look like.
0: So there are several categories here. Fruits and vegetables is one. So... Fruits and vegetables have antioxidants that help with inflammation. They also have fiber, and that helps with inflammation. So thinking about getting lots of fruits and vegetables, different kinds, different colors is important. High-fiber foods, which is going to include fruits and vegetables, but also whole grains like barley or um, other uh, intact grains, steel-cut oats, things like that. High-fiber foods um, also help to reduce inflammation. Within that category also are legumes. So some of those plant-based foods that are high in fiber are important. Omega-3 fatty acids are a big category that reduces inflammation, and that includes fish, particularly cold water fatty fish like salmon, sardines, herring. There are also some plant-based sources of omega-3 fatty acids like walnuts, flax seeds, leafy greens that also help to reduce inflammation. The last category we think of are monounsaturated fats, and that includes things like olive oil, olives, nuts and seeds, and avocados.
1: Avocados is really one of nature's most perfect foods. People hear about the words, the Mediterranean diet. We don't have a lot of time, Dr. Van Sloan, but if you could tell us about the Mediterranean diet and please give us your best advice for reducing this chronic inflammation.
0: So Mediterranean diet is going to be plant-based, lots of fruits and vegetables, nuts, whole grains, legumes. Olive oil is a primary fat source. It's going to include some low-fat dairy fish with those omega-3 fatty acids, some poultry and eggs, but limiting red meat, processed foods, refined sugar. That's a Mediterranean-style diet, and that is an anti-inflammatory diet. Overall, if we're trying to reduce inflammation, the more closely you can adhere to a Mediterranean-style diet, that's going to be in your favor. In addition, being physically active, controlling weight, not smoking, and managing stress, all those things are very powerful in terms of reducing inflammation and reducing risk for diseases.
1: Thank you so much for such great information. You're listening to The Wellcast with Alina Health. And for more information, you can go to alinahealth.org. That's alinahealth.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.